Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Ka and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Standard Operating Procedures, Managing Your Future Self. Let's get started. Delegation is most effective if there's an operations manual for the company. Michael E. Gerber calls this the turnkey revolution in his book, The E-Myth Revisited. The idea of documenting your business like a franchise. Build your business in a way that you could hand it over to somebody else and it would still keep running. That's where documentation comes in, in the form of standard operating procedures, which we call SOPs. This sounds like a very bureaucratic construct at first, but it can be as flexible as you want it to be. After all, it's your business and your processes will be structured in any way that you prefer. So what are SOPs and why are they useful? Standard operating procedures describe every activity that needs to be done in great detail. They do so in a, surprise, standardized way so that you can easily hand them over to someone else without needing additional information. By documenting all kinds of processes in your business, you're effectively writing a handbook. This handbook will be worth its virtual weight in gold when you sell your business eventually, and it's already highly valuable while you're still running your business, no matter if it's your replacement, an employee, or yourself, following SOPs will allow you to work much better. It will also allow you to work more reliably. Any well-documented process can be executed with fewer errors. After all, you have nothing to remember if all the steps involved are in front of you in the bullet point list with screenshots and warning labels. SOPs include crucial information to contextualize the process So even if an employee performs a task for the first time, they know the why and the how. Following SOPs will also allow you to work faster. Any well-documented process can be executed more quickly as there's no confusion as to what will happen next. It's all there in black and white. Finally, following SOPs will allow you to work more effectively. Any process that's well-documented can be executed more efficiently, both at the moment it's performed and over time. Any standard operating procedure can evolve over time, and when a central process receives improvements, any future implementation will benefit from those changes. It's built-in quality control. Remember that one time a customer asked you to send them their invoice because they couldn't download it from your application for some reason? Imagine, instead of just doing it, you'd written it down. Imagine you'd taken screenshot of every step creating a clear recipe for getting from the customer reaching out to you to the moment when you can tell them to check their email. Repeating this for all positions in your company will let you end up with a long list of standard operating procedures that you can hand to any new hire and expect them to be able to produce results quickly. That first customer service employee onboarding journey just turned from an odyssey into a pleasure cruise. At least it did for me, really helped. Operating procedures de-risk the business as they take actions that have proven results and describe how to do them correctly. Potential harmful side effects or mistakes are mentioned in SOPs so as to raise awareness of why things are done the way they are done. So let's talk about standard operating procedure building blocks. Documenting your processes starts with the right tool. That can be as simple as a Word document or a collaborative Google Doc something intermediary like an Evernote project or Notion workspace, 
or a specific tool for SOPs like Sweet Process or Trainual, which you can find on Google, obviously, which are focused on providing a collaborative business handbook solution. I recommend you start out with a collaborative Google Doc until you've found a format that works for you and then transfer it to a more elaborate solution should you ever even need it. I think we always had a Google Doc and that was enough. I know people that have Notion workspaces that are laid out in an extensible way where new hires can learn how to use their Notion and then understand how to use the whole workspace and find information in there. It really doesn't matter as long as your concept of documentation works within the tool that you pick. So I think you pick your concept first and then you pick your tool. That's an important step. Don't go for the shiny new thing and fit your processes to the tool that can create and cause a lot of trouble. So look at the processes you already have in place, but not yet documented. Figure out which format would work best for them. Are step-by-step checklists workable or flowcharts work better? Written full-length instructions or maybe even video? Find something that works for you as you'll be the first and frankly most important person to work with these in the future as both the person running the business and the one owning the business. You'll always be involved in some way. Do a trial run and document one particular process using multiple formats. Pick something that is representative of the majority of your processes for this exercise, like a certain kind of customer service interaction you always have to do. Once you've created an SUP in a few different styles, you will know which one appeals to you most. Stick with that one for the kinds of processes that are compatible. Over the long term, keeping your documentation in a unified style will make procedures even faster and much more efficient. If you're already privileged enough to have employees, get them on board from the beginning. Show them the formats and your examples. They will be the ones working with those procedures the most, so their input is indispensable at this point. Also, ask them if they know any tools that they know would fit this kind of process well. You might know a lot of tools for documentation, but don't neglect the knowledge that is stored within your knowledge worker employees. They will know other tools, and maybe they've heard of something that you haven't that could be the perfect fit for your business. So involve them in the whole process. It's really important. When you write an SOP, put yourself into the shoes of someone else doing this job. This fictional person just joined your business and is eager to work for you. What would they need to know to make this a positive and productive experience? What can you give them in terms of context and guidance that would allow them to solve this problem without your help the first time they encounter it? When in doubt, be detailed. That at least worked very well for me. When it comes to SOPs, there can't be too much information because the whole point of an SOP is to provide as much information as possible. Your employees can skip reading things they already know, but they cannot divine what you may or may not have meant if it's not there. So let's talk about implementing standard operating procedures. Writing documentation is one thing, but getting yourself and your employees to follow the procedures is a whole other thing. It's a balancing act between allowing for creativity and having people performing the tasks as they are defined. Although the point of having standard operating procedures is to codify processes into clearly defined steps, as a bootstrapper, you can have expectations that there will be exceptions here and there. Thinking out of the box is what got you there. So keep it going, even when you're dealing with documentation. 
let's quickly talk about updating SOPs. Because just like your business is a changing entity, so is your documentation of its processes. At least once a year, but best every few months, do a quick read-through and see if anything stands out as a procedure in need of updating. Often you will notice that a procedure needs to be updated right when you're performing the task it describes. I recommend deferring this work a few hours to avoid the heat of the moment kind of changes that lack reflection. At the same time, you should update it soon after doing the task, or else the perceived need and urgency are lost, and what remains is a procedure that could have been improved, but wasn't. Also, maybe side note here, if you switch vendors for parts of your business, say you change your payment provider, or you change maybe even your tax advisor, anything in the background, do a walkthrough through your standard operating procedures, because some of them might contain information that rely on a particular vendor, so whenever you do a major change, you have somebody else, um, some other kind of tool in your system, make sure that your SOPs reflect that change immediately. Because there's nothing worse than people running into something that should be working, but isn't because a major change kind of broke the SOP. So that is a potential problem. And let's talk about other side effects of standard operating procedures. Some SOPs will also be appealing starting points for automation. If you do a task a few times a week and it takes you an hour each time, spending a few days in building automation for that is worth it if you know you'll have to do it for another year. Searching your SOPs for automation opportunities regularly is a great way of making the company leaner and less dependent on reminders and tedious labor. Good documentation and automation go hand in hand in making a business sellable. If one informs the other, that's even better. A set of good SOPs is great to hand over to new hires, but it will also help you speed up the tasks that you repeatedly have to do yourself. By following a prepared checklist, that's the same kind of thing every time you work on a task. Task. You accelerate the non-automatable functions, giving you more time to work on the creative parts of your business. And honestly, the side effects here really means the beneficial side effects. I don't really see negative side effects compared to the absence of an SOP. I mean, if you need to be creative in everything in your business, you have a lot of potential to do wonderful things. That's clear. But some things will just be repetitive. And many things when it comes to interacting with lots of customers will be repetitive just by people experiencing the same problems. So I highly recommend it. Let me quickly maybe mention the kind of things that we had in our SOPs throughout running Feedback Panda. Customer service was the biggest part. There was, there was always these little things that we didn't automate because we did the math and figured out that spending a week on automating something like account restoring wasn't worth it because it was just me going into the database, setting a couple flags and running a couple queries, and that was it. But that only ever happened maybe every two months. And if something happens maybe six times a year and it takes takes a week to implement, that's really not worth it if I can solve it within 20 minutes. So these things I just documented really well in the SOP. Like all these little things that are so rare that you can't automate them would be documented in there. Anything re related to restoring data, looking up data, helping people change data that they didn't know how to change themselves, these little things that you don't build UI for. At some point, we had 
um, account mergers. We were using Auth0 as our uh, logging authentication solution. And depending on how you would log in, either through Facebook or Google, it would generate a new ID. But some people wanted to log in with many different kinds of accounts. So they just forgot what which one they signed up with initially. So that one, that request for can you merge these two accounts, I seem to have created a new one, but I know my data is somewhere in there. That one came up so often that I needed to build a feature into our backend, into our administration panel that would then um, yeah, merge the accounts and allow them to log in whichever account um, they wanted to use with the system. So that was something that eventually turned from an SOP, from a step-by-step instruction into a feature of the backend of our system but only after it became more and more relevant to our customer service interactions. So customer service was a big part, all these little things explaining to people how the system worked, how they can get to their results, all laid out in in detail for a customer service person to explain, sometimes even with links to videos or screenshots they can share with links to like um, Dropbox-based screenshots, all these kind of things. It was pretty laborious to get the... SOPs together. And I think for our customer service, and we had a tool that was really focused on solving one problem really well, we still had like 50, 60 pages of SOPs for customer service alone. And then obviously, the next thing that really needed a good SOP was deploying and fixing our technical system, like deploying Feedback Panda to the servers, or restarting the servers if they needed to be, or updating the version or rolling back a version. These things that you do with one command, if you're a technical founder at least, and in your terminal somewhere, well, just take the command and put it into an SOP. You know how to do it, so put that knowledge in a written form so that somebody else can take it over if you're under the weather or if you're on vacation or, you know, like if somebody else is going to replace you. So we had a lot of these things in there, how to update the the version of the software through um, a push to GitHub or a Docker container change, like a version change, cube control, all these little things, these technical details were all in there step-by-step, copy and pasteable. And if they needed authentication, it would say uh, where the authentication data would be in our password vault or wherever, right? This kind of stuff can be put into written form and make that makes it much more accessible to somebody else. And if you are a solo founder and you're doing all of these things at once, well, maybe one of the first hires will be likely a customer service person, but the second or third might be another developer. And allowing them to have access to this kind of stuff immediately without needing you to handhold them through the process which you still probably should do for the first time, but then everything's in there, right? That is really taking the load of you as a founder and allowing you to do other things as well. And I think that's the whole point of SOPs, making things so permanent that you don't need to have them on the top of your mind. You don't need to think about what you're doing if the list that you're following has been created by you, for you, and has been checked many, many times over. It's more like running on autopilot in a way that first you run an autopilot, then somebody else runs an autopilot, and then you can hand over the whole thing to somebody else, to a whole different owner, and they will be able to run it on autopilot. So that's what SOPs mean to me. And I mean, let let me quickly just tell you what other things we had in there. We had interactions with financial advisors, with our bookkeepers, with our tax advisors, 
the kinds of file formats they would want, the kind of exports they would need, like which can they take a PDF file? Does it have to be a Word document? These little things that if if you don't know them can just cause a lot of back and forth communication with people every single month or every single year, depending on how often you interact with them. And we really took care to write down these things in our SUPs. And once we sold the business, once we got acquired, handing over this document was extremely simple. And since it was detailed in every single way, we almost had no questions coming back to us at how do you do this? Because everything was written in the document. And just having this kind of documentation makes your company worth more. This is one of the, the kind of things that the build to sell approach by John Warlow has been showing me at least, uh, creating some sort of understanding is that if you build this, your company becomes more valuable just by you making it possible to, for it to be sold. You don't have to, you never have to, but you could. And people seeing that you're so well prepared will make the thing that you build much more interesting to them. And that means more money on the table. So that is my take on SOPs. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Bootstrap Funder podcast today. You can find me on Twitter at Arvid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfunder.com. You can find my book, Zero to Sold, where I also talk about SOPs and many other things, obviously related to starting, running, and finally selling a bootstrap business at zerotosoldbook.com. Um, I sold over, I think it must have been like 1,200 copies at this point after two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks after launching the business. I'm extremely grateful to everybody who bought a book. So thank you very much. Um, if you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrapfunder.com. And if you want to support me in the podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It'll help other founders and founders-to-be to find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.